0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Okay we to come around the Word of God together. Um, it is the beginning of a new season, a new year, and a new decade. I was even sharing with someone this morning, uh, I know that our circumstances can be very led by our natural environment, but let's remember that God is still God. He's still the God that was God a week ago. He's still worthy of it all. He's still faithful. And we actually have an amazing opportunity and honor to praise Him on this side of some circumstances. There's some worship and some praise and some thanksgiving that heaven can't have that without those trials and without those tests, but here we get an opportunity to lift him up in the midst of some circumstances and situations. So this morning I want to bring us around the Word of God in Philippians. I want to talk about making rules and breaking rules. The famous saying from Lisa is rules are meant to be broken. No, it's not from her. I believe it was one of the popes. Rules are meant to be broken. Not true either. I think it's out of the movie Mean Girls. Um, but what I want to do is I'm going to pray for us around the Word of God this morning. I want to get right into this thing. I believe God has something for you this morning. I believe you're not here by chance. Those listening online, those of our church family that are waiting for the podcast to drop, uh, we're praying for you and I pray that God speaks to you this morning as well. So let's pray together one more time as a church family. God, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for those that are fought that we can even have access to it. This morning, God, we pray that you speak to us. We are not here simply to gather. We're here to encounter you. So have your way this morning. I pray there'd be fresh vision in our lives personally and corporately, that God, you would speak into our next decade, that we will not just survive our current situations, but we look forward to what you are doing and what you will do through our current situation. So we honour your word this morning. I ask that you speak to every single person under the sound of my voice and that today we would hear afresh from you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. You thank you back. You can sit down and that will be good. Who here, when you were growing up, had problems with rules? Okay, those that do not with their hands up, perhaps you did not go through puberty, um, but as the youth pastor here with my wife, Alex, um, we are accustomed to young people not really enjoying the rules of on a Friday night, in their families, in different circumstances. But there's an amazing thing that happens. We realize when we're younger that we hate rules, but then when we get older in life, we want to enforce more rules on everyone around us. So we're like, I don't want a curfew, Mom. I'm going to go to sleep at 3. And now you're like, I'm going to go to bed at 6.30 so I can be raring to go in the morning. Um that we start in a certain way. Uh, maybe when are younger, if you're a young person here this morning, maybe you despise those rules. Your mom asks you to do the dishes and you just yell at her, why don't we have disposable plates, all those kind of things. Um, there's rules uh, that we want to break when we're growing up. And probably there's still some rules. Some of you have been caught speeding before or other activities. Um, that Maybe we're breaking those rules. But I want to encourage us this morning to help us to set some rules for our 2020s. Uh, Not just have goals, but I actually want to encourage us this morning that maybe rules are even better than goals. Ways that we choose to live our life, parameters in what we choose to seek and to put our life into and pour ourselves into. And if we can make some good rules and break some maybe bad ones that we've set up in our life, we'll end up in a better place at the end of this year or at the end of this decade. It's been awesome to watch online this week, different people reflect the last 10 years. Uh, maybe um, your last 10 years hasn't been a huge amount of variety, but as a youth and young adults pastor, um, when the people that uh, I spend most of my time leading, their last 10 years has been pretty radical. Like they went from like year 8 exams to now they're like finishing university or something. So there's been a very, uh, it's been cool to watch people celebrate all the different things that have been happening over the last 10 years. And my prayer is this morning the God would do something in your heart so that in one year's time or five years time or ten years time you would be thankful of some rules you're putting in place in your life today is there anyone in the room that are new year's resolution people like you're all about that new year's resolution Okay, put your hands down now i want you to put your hands up if you used to be and it was beaten out of you through disappointment there we go There, my people out a bit of honesty in church, I once had vision, now I am dead. Um, fantastic. Who here has set a goal before to lose weight for the New Year's resolution? Come on, be honest. No judgment. Who here wanted to double their weight? That's me, and I have now, so that's good. I'm not going to do open mic different New Year's resolutions because I feel like Ryan is just going to talk about all these relationships that he wants this year, Um what we're going to do is we're going to look up to our screen and we're going to look at Philippians um, 3 this morning. Um, if you're listening online or new, Ryan is very single, one of our interns in the front row. Um, Philippians 3, I just want to read through verse 7 to 14, and then we're going to focus down on verse 12 to 14. I want to give us three truths out of this verse, and then I want to move us into some practical tips on some different rules we can put in place so that we turn out the way that we want to turn out. Um, We can't control everything, but we can control our response to things, and we can set ourselves up for a brighter day tomorrow. So let's look up to our screen. If you don't have your Bibles, if you do, turn those papers, click those screens. Philippians 3 verse 7 says this, But whatever was gained to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ. My Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. Everyone say, garbage. This is the NIV translation. It has cleaned this word up quite a lot. It legitimately means excrement. It means the uselessness of your own excrement. Not to be crude, this is what the meaning... So, Paul here is considering everything, bar Jesus, as useful as that. Whew! Heavy days, Paul. Everything. I consider it all That useful compost. I don't know what you can, I don't encourage you to do that at home with your own. Um, But everything is that. And this is where Paul leads to, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, through righteousness that comes from God, One on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection. Something's got to die for it to be resurrected. And participating in His suffering becoming like Him in His death, as so somehow attaining to the the resurrection from the dead. And these are the verses I want to focus us on this morning. It says, Not that I have already obtained all these things, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ has taken hold of me. "'Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus.'" As we were finishing off our year last week, we looked at this scripture a little bit, but I want to bring out just three simple truths to help us to run our race well from this point on this year. Does that sound okay this morning? So there's three simple truths. The first one is this. It's going to appear on the screen. We need to be eager to overtake. This isn't eager to overtake the person next to you. So you're like pushing them out of their lane and tripping them over and trying to get distractions going on. What we are eager to overtake here is the finish line. We're eager to actually complete. We're eager not just to say, oh, that New Year's resolution wasn't very good. I'll make a new one and fail at that too. But I'm eager to actually overtake what God has made a mission for me to do. We need to have very intentional wisdom, very intentional focus to focus on the right things and have something, some mongrel on the inside of us that is eager to do what God has called us to do. If we can go back to that scripture, that'd be awesome, Alan, Uh, that last one, uh, verse 12 to 14, saying that I have not already taken hold of it and already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of which Christ took hold of me so important to understand we need to be eager, so eager. The thing that gets you up in the morning shouldn't be that coffee. It should be eager to arrive at the places that God's called you to arrive. And maybe that for you is Monday morning at your workplace. Maybe there's these little goals that I'm here. I'm at the place God has called me to be, and I'm eager to keep on going to the places that He's called me to be. So ultimately, the end of your life Understanding the resurrection, the power of Jesus, and understanding that journey, but on a micro, on a small level, knowing that, okay, I'm eager to get here, God. Okay, you want me to be in that place? I'm eager to get here. What is this year holding for me, God? I'm eager to hear your voice. Through all of the noise, through all of the chaos, I'm eager to hear what you want me to do. So that's the first thing. The second thing is this it is one aim, forgetting what is behind. I'm gonna forget it, God. I'm gonna leave it behind me. Those relationships that maybe were a 2019 thing, I need to leave that behind. Those disappointments, I need to leave them behind. And I have one aim, one focus. All the noise doesn't get my attention. All the things jumping up doesn't get my attention. My one aim is you. Through it all, my one aim is to see you, to know your voice to be prompted by you. You are my goal. You are my prize. I just want to know you. Paul's aim here, Paul's intention is so beautiful. Paul had a lot. He lost a lot. He gained a lot. He lost a lot. He started, to a large degree, churches that have spread across the earth, influencing billions of people. His letters became scripture. Paul did a lot and had a lot, but he understood something. I count it all garbage. Just to know him. So let's make sure when we're setting goals, when we're doing things, that our goal isn't, Oh God, I pray that my salary would double this week. Okay, awesome. If that's a God prayer and He's placed that on your heart, God's not afraid to bless you. But the one aim is Him. The one goal is Him. I just want to know you through it all. I want to know you when the news is horrific. I want to know you when the worst thing on the news is a current affair telling me what powders not to use on my clothes. Who watches the current affair? I'll pray for you at the end of the service. Um, but there's one aim. Through it all, Jesus, it's you. It's always been you. and I get to make that choice. And the third thing is this. Keep in line with the position you have reached. Keep in line with the position you have reached. No one is really interested in your position until the finish line, yeah? You can't be like, yes, I'm winning, therefore I'll lay down for a little while. If it's a season of resting, awesome. But understand that if God's called you to take a step forward right now, take that step. And Paul understood here, I have not reached there yet, and I'm going to keep on striving. I'm going to keep on pushing. He doesn't say, I'm 95% there. I'm three years away, this scripture and Paul's end of his ministry. I'm three years away from being with Jesus and completing my race. Therefore, I can rest a second. I've got three years. Three years is what Jesus had. I've got three years still. I'm set. I'll just sit back for a little while, I'm all good. No, keep in line with the position you've already gained. So often in our life, lies can come in that say that we are back to where we first started. Oh, this thing's happened, I've made a mistake, i failed, oh, and I'm all the way back here yet. No, you're not. You're located on something that God wants to do again. His attention is back on that His grace is sufficient, that you are weak, congratulations. His power works perfect then. So let's understand the position that we're called to be in when we're setting these goals, when we're dreaming about what God has called us to be, and when we fail, let's not think we're back at square one again. When we take that risk in our business and we go back to zero dollars again, you're not back at zero, you're further on. You needed to go through that season, you needed to overcome, you needed to go through that, and now here you are is much, much better than the dollars that you could have had if you didn't take the risk. So now, I want to encourage us with some really simple, practical, I encourage you this week to sit and just look at the story through Philippians, to look at that chapter and just admire and celebrate what God did through the life of Paul, and remember that He wants to do it in you as well. That the path is good, that He's got a great prize ahead before you, and that our attention, our focus should be on that. So at the beginning of today's message, I encourage us that rules are more important than goals. It's really easy to set a goal that is so ridiculously big that you don't need to do anything today. By the 21st of December 2020, I want to weigh seven kilograms. (laughs) And I know that I cannot do this by myself. So now... Oh, we'll eat a tub of ice cream. Um, So you set a goal so ridiculously high that you aren't really going to do it anyway. So it doesn't affect daily behavior. Has anyone ever set a goal to be seven kilograms? Maybe as a baby. I'm trying to get Ellie to drop some weight. Um, No, I'm joking. Um, She's my two-year-old daughter. Not funny. I'm trying to get her to actually bulk up so that she can lift me. Uh, Not funny either. Yeah, it's funny a bit but we can set these audacious goals so that we can pray to God and then walk back into the way that we chose to live our life already. So we can be like, God, I pray that you uh, help me to start companies and raise up business owners and empower people financially across our city and just do it in your timing. Amen. I'm so hungry. Let's order seven Domino's pizzas. I'm going to watch every show on Netflix twice. Um, So we have this audacious goal where we place all of the ownership on God, and God's like, I thought we were having a conversation. I didn't know you were doing the Estedford monologue trying to get to state. I've actually, I want to have a conversation with you, and if you're going to pray to me, you better be open to me talking back because otherwise you're reciting something to me, and that's nice. It's nice for you, and that's nice for me, but let me talk. And that's when he places ownership back on, actually, I've called you that person right there. Take a step. And suddenly you take that step after that step and you realize you end up at the place that God had you because you're doing the ways of God and therefore the will of God works itself out. I'm living in his kindness. I'm living in the fruits of the Spirit. I'm listening to his voice daily. And suddenly I'm there. Like suddenly that worked out in my marriage because I was watching what I said rather than let my my mouth run to the people closest to me because they're going to love me anyway. But instead, no, I live inside the ways of God. I set these rules. I set these boundaries. And then suddenly I find myself in a place that I'm so thankful for what he's done, but he was with me every step of the way way so here's um i think eight simple rules that when you're setting rules this year these should help you and maybe i'll tell you some of my failures throughout it and i'm going to finish this morning with some worship uh, as i said god is as worthy today as he was a week ago church he's still good he's still faithful he's still amazing uh he hasn't changed he's not shook we might be shook and that is perfectly okay but his mercy will meet us. He'll meet our community. He will not leave us or forsake us. He's here. So let's give me give you some rules to help us. The first rule is this, the no solo rule. If you've ever, I learned this from Scratchy Plate on Instagram. I don't know what it's called. Scratch My Plate. That's it. Um, Jess's Instagram, she's doing a 30-day challenge. She loves that. Scratch the plate. Scratchies. Don't do them. Um But if you want to, there's this saying, um, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Which is true to a really big degree, but if you're by yourself going fast, you pretty quickly go the wrong direction, and you're just like, I'm going fast, stuff everyone, when the actual goal was to bring people on the journey. So you probably won't get there fast anyways, but it's nice. It sounds nice. But if you want to achieve what God has called you to do, I encourage you to understand you're called to do it with people. The Great Commission is not do that job for 40 years perfectly. Master it. If you're a Subway artist, sandwich artist, you work out how to get those jalapenos perfectly placed. Individual jalapenos, jalapenos, if you're English speaking. Um, No, the Great Commission is to make disciples. Therefore, one of your rules in your goal setting shouldn't be, me, 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 this is my year, this is my decade. Calm down. It's not. It's not your selfish individual, it's not. It's about Him. It's about us. It's about what God wants to do in you for a greater good than just yourself. So have a rule in your rule setting. that This is no, it's not solo. Husbands, don't have a rule that's like counter to your wife. I just don't want to do any housework this year. I'm just sick of doing it and I'm just going to trust you, God. Don't do that. Can I get an amen from the wives? Oh, okay. Only single girls said amen. So, husbands, I encourage you to set that goal. My wife was very quiet there. I think she was in prayer. Um, there's a fight happening over there. They can get some counseling afterwards. Um. <laughs> but the no solo rule, even in your careers, if you're in a, in a relationship or those things, make sure that your rules include people. Please, this year, be like, have something in your rules. It's the people you want to impact and the disciples you want to make and the people you want to stand that are going through the tragedy that you went through five years ago, and now you can be that person that stands with them. No solo. Not the drink. It's too lemony. <laughs> Product placement, perfect. You should flash on the screen. Solo, lemon, thirst, crush, I don't know. But no solar. Can you make that a decision? Can you just be like, my goals aren't just for me? Because once they start that selfish, they end really selfish. They start me, me, me. And then when you fail, you're like, I'm a failure. Bring your eyes off yourself. It'll be amazing what God can do through you rather than just to you. The first thing is no solar. The second one is this, the have my heart rule. It's really easy to um, set goals or to set rules that are just flippant. We're just like, "Yeah, I watch the biggest loser, and I, I want to lose 150 kilos, too." But your heart isn't in it. Your heart isn't in the first step, your heart isn't in the goal, the heart isn't there. Therefore suddenly it moves towards something else. Ooh. Ooh. My kids are amazing. Ellie is just focused on anything, the moves. You can distract her so easily, unless you're screaming, and then you can't distract her at all. And she rules our lives, and we bow down. 2020 parenting from a pastor and a psychologist. We're good. We're set. We're raising geniuses, okay? Don't judge us. We care much more about our kids than your opinion of our parenting. So, woof, write that one down, baby. Pastors' kids, protect the pastors' kids. Okay. Um, the have my heart rule. Please have that. Go through your goal setting and not just be like, but ask yourself this question. I said this to our youth ministry. Um, there's a scaling system. Maddie, can I borrow you for a second? Um, Lisa, can I borrow you for a second? Mark Maharib, can I borrow you for a second? And I need some ridiculous confidence. Ryan, can I get you up here for a second? Yeah. Oh, can I get you to swap? I'm okay with being meaner to Maddie because she knows my heart. Lisa, I don't want to bully you too much this morning. Um, But can you stand, like, evenly placed? If we can pull Stuart, can you measure out here just with your eyesight? Equal measurement, okay, thank you, teachers for life. Okay, there's a scaling system with different things. We've heard this thing like, follow your heart. And like people go on The Voice and they're terrible. Um, no. what oh. But you don't need to follow your heart in an area that you are horrific at. Because there's a scaling system of this, Maddie, I'm sorry, but you can be bad at something. Let's use dancing for an example for this, okay, guys? You can be, you can be bad at something. You can be okay at something. That's nice. Um, you can be good at something. Or there are some things, and I'm trying to work this out. No, you're good, you bro. This is the nicest thing I've ever done to you. Um, most of us, most of us. I'm gonna find something that I'm good at. I'm going to try and stay away from the bad things, unless I'm passionate about it, then I'm going to do it anyway, and you're going to have to listen. Like, I can't sing, but Nat, I'll be worshiping it in this someday. Whatever the song is. <laughs> but we balance between here, but there are probably some things that if you get with God and understand His grace, that you can actually be great at. I could say brilliant or excellent, but we're all okay with just the word great, right? I think I am. So let's run through the example of dancing. Um, Maddie, can you do us... um, No, you just dance, honestly. No, no, I'm joking. Um, Bad dancing. Just to drive this point home visually, let me drop a beat for us, okay? Ready? Boom. Boom. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. Boom. That's awesome. Amazing. Okay, Lisa, you're going to be okay at dancing, okay? Is that all right? Okay, here's your beat. Okay, Mark, this is for you. May I suggest? Lots of hand? You're good. Wait, shh Church, you're good, and that normally with dancing, if you guys don't know, you want to use lots of wrists and lots of ankles. That's my number one tip for dancing. so let me drop a beat again.. Okay, and then lastly, we need a great analogy. Ryan, can I give you some recommendations? Okay, there's this thing called the worm, Ryan. But there's also, if you don't know, there's this thing called the reverse worm. And it's just the worm, but you lay on your back and do it. It's mainly just smashing your head into the ground. Um, But let me just drop a beat, and Ryan, you can show me this great dance move i'm just so good at beatboxing, but i need to be at the back okay so dance no start on the start standing a position of authority please don't go sleepy yet okay let me drop the beat <laughs> 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 Let's give him a hand. <laughs> but there's this scaling system on bad, okay, good. So if you are great at something, even if it's not glamorous, even if you're like, oh, I'm the voice of the nation, um, even if it's not those things, and typically what we do is we put all creative things as the high emphasis. If I can do something creative, if I can just get my pots, like sculptures, and if I can just, that's my thing. Yes, have creative outlet, but there is power in whatever God has called you to do. And if it has your heart, if you actually have a passion about something because you're focused on the end goal rather than what you get out of it, you're going to have a lot better rules. So the first thing, the second thing there is it has your heart, and then secondly, it has to move your feet. The move your feet rule. Because it can't just be external waiting for something to happen and when I get my break and when the opportunity comes at my workplace and when this happens. You should have rules in your life that actually help you do something today. And let's be really honest, success isn't that tasty. Like you arrive at it and you're like, oh, that's nice. Like maybe you started volunteering in your team. You're like, I just love serving God's house. And then a fortnight later, you're like, why is there a horse at church? I hate this place. (laughs) Um, Weird, if that's going through your head, you're a weirdo. Um, But your goal has to have your heart. It has to be, okay, God, this is what you've graced me to do. This is in my heart. I'm going to do this with everything I have. This is going to be worship to you. Whether everyone sees it or no one sees it, I am good at this. I am great at this. And I'm going to pour myself into it. And it's going to impact and influence people because I've already got my no solo rule. So it's going to be helpful to others. But it has to move your feet. It has to get you to do something. And it's actually in the moving your feet or it's described in... uh, by king solomon to actually enjoy your work to find pleasure in your work to find joy in your work to actually do what god has called you to do is its own reward how long can you do what god has asked you to do with no external encouragement with no pat on the back with no volunteer of the year award at the end of the year how long can you do it for Because his grace is there for you to do it. His grace is there for you to enjoy the movement of it, to have fun all of the way. That's number three. Number four is this: the two-day rule. This is practical. This is going to help you. If you've ever set a goal before, um, can I use Alex? Can I use us as an example? Um, I am extremely disciplined. Astonishing so. Okay, this is going to get real mean. Okay, let's shift this. We are extremely disciplined. In s- no, no. Um, what, if I make a decision about food, I will never break it. So one day, uh, I think it was at Parson's Bucks party, I drank roughly four litres of soft drink. You thought it was going to go somewhere scandalous just then, but it didn't. Um, ha-ha! <laughs> Milk. No, it wasn't. Um, four litres of soft drink. I was like, I think I might be having too much sugar. I was like... I'm just going to drink water for a year. And then I was like, water, please. And then I just did it for a year. I'm so disciplined. Let's all give me one clap. So weird. But what can often happen in our house is we make really quick, audacious goals. So we go from, you know, polishing off three tubs of ice cream a day to I'm never going to have ice cream again. And what happens is you get through one day and you're like, yes. And the second day you're like, oh, I was walking past the freezer, but it fell into my mouth. And... (laughs) And no, it fell on the ground and I fell into it and some got in there and I was like, I might as well go to the shops and get seven liters of ice cream and inject it straight into my veins. Um, And because we fail once, we're like, it's over and you plummet. Or if you have a cheat day that overflows into a cheat year and you suddenly find yourself on the beach eating a steak as a vegetarian. I've done that before. It was hilarious. I was like, I'm a vegetarian. And then I went on this meat binge that was so wild. And because I don't do it because it's ethical, I love it. And all the ve- vegetarians in my life hate it. And I ended up on the beach in Melbourne just eating a steak off my belly. It was raw as well. Um, No. Um, but what can happen is if you fail a day, if you have a two-day rule, like I'm going to set this goal and every second day I'm going to pull this off. I'm going to exercise, but I'm going to give myself three days a week to be like, okay, I've fallen over right now, but I can get back up. If you just make a decision to do it every second day or every third day, it's better than you doing it for the 1st to the 7th of January and then ending up in a horrific place by the end of the year. Maybe some of you are struggling to sit down with your family and pray and you're like, I know what we're going to do. We're going to get up at 1 a.m., And we're going to pray every week for 13 days. It's impossible, guys. Maths, work it out. It's good. That was for you, Paul. Um, But we set this audacious goal. And rather than being like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start to pray every single day. The first thing that we do when we put our kids to sleep is we're going to pray for them. The first thing we do when we wake up is we're going to celebrate something that God has done. And you get into these habits and these routines that are much, much smaller, much, much easier. And then suddenly you're in the ways of God. Your heart is great. You're moving your feet and you find yourself at a place where you're more passionate about God than you ever would have been if you offered him this big fake gift. I'm going to do this for you, God. Have you made those prayers before? Like like it could be even in tragedy and circumstances around you. It's like, God, if you do this... I will give all my money to the church. No, no one's ever paid that, just me. Okay, I get that. Um, But we have to make these really intense. No, let's break it down. Let's just have a two-day rule. If I fall over, I can get back up. It's good. And give yourself that grace. Fifth thing is this. That one was practical. Calm down. The new rule. If your rules don't lead you to a new place, then maybe you need to set better rules. If your rules just maintain your current level, maybe you need to set new rules. Um, myself and Alex have a Mitchell code that sits on our wall in our lounge room. And about three weeks ago, um, some circumstances went on in our family and our life. And I look at them now and I'm like, Ugh, they're boring. Like they are small, they don't scare me, there's no risk in them. I think they might have died in 2019, and I need to set some new goals, some new rules, some new culture for our family, because I want my kids to love Jesus by the time they're 15 and not need our youth ministry to do it, but because they've seen people that walk with God. So maybe I need to set a new goal that will lead me to a new place. And again, if you keep on doing the same things over and over again, you're going to get the same results. So set a new rule that will lead you to a new place. Josh at the moment is supposed to be every 30 days this year trying a new hobby. May I give you some of the suggestions that I've given him? I can't remember any of them. So that's fantastic. Give me one clap. No, don't. Um, Thank you. Um, But an intentional, I want to do something new. I want to expand myself. And that's easy to do when you're 20. 22 it's more difficult to do when you're 30 it's more difficult to do when you're 40 apparently and 50 and 60 and 70 make a decision that I'm going to make a new rule that's going to make me outside of my comfort zone because guess what that's where Jesus is on that water waiting for you to step out where he's asked you to step out so don't be afraid of a new rule and don't be afraid of actually setting up new rules that aren't compromises but are next level rules because it's really easy to be like my goal is to do this Actually, I think I worded that wrong. Um, but no, set new goals that are going to keep you moving forward in seasons, not just bringing you back to where you first started. Number six is this. I've got three more. And then uh, Nat, if you can get up on next point, that'll be good. Um, the grace rule. Whew. We need to understand that we are graced by God. He's grace you to do something. Grace is two things. It's unmerited favor and it's empowerment to do something. To be his hands and feet. So, even in our current season, in our current situation, in our city and our nation, where is God's grace for you? The unmerited favor. Where is God's grace for you? The empowerment to do everything he has called you to do. Because it's really easy to pray from earth to heaven, but it's much, much safer as a Christian to pray from heaven to earth. It's a much, much better position. It's a much, much nicer place to be knowing that God is good and he is faithful. So, ask yourself, Am I someone that in all of my goal setting, and all of my rules, I just come back to be like, God, what have you graced me to do? I just want to see you. I just want to focus on you through all of this. So help me to be led by your voice, not my circumstances, not my failures, not my insecurities that I'm trying to overcompensate with this big goal setting. But no, where's your grace? Let me feel your grace. Let me feel your grace in my family and in my career and in my city and in my workplace and all these different areas. Know His grace. Have a rule in your life that I will come back to the rested grace of God. Not what is convenient, not what makes sense, but no, I'll come back to God's grace. Because if you do that, you'll understand something. Uh, in different situations in my life, in different seasons, I've understood that I am graced to do something. It's sometimes difficult in leadership or pastoral positions. I've been leading people double my age since I was 15. So it just continued as I get older, and then it's tripled in different points. And at different points, you can be like, oh, I don't know if I've got what is needed here. And then you're like, wait, I've got God in the same way that Jesus did, in the same way that Paul does, in the same way that the early disciples that averaged out, I think at 15, the oldest being 21, the same way that Mary did. (laughs) I have a grace. And because of the Holy Spirit, I have even quicker access to it. I want to understand. I want to know His grace. I want it to have an ease about it because if I live out of that grace, I'm going to be much, much better off than trying to prove myself with everything else going on. So find his grace. The seventh thing is this. Natty, I can get you up. We'll worship in a moment. The flexible rule. Give yourself some flexibility. I was um, fasting once. Uh, Once. No, twice. This one time I was fasting in our youth ministry, um, we did a thing called the Daniel Fast. And if you read your Bible, you can see what the Daniel Fast is. This is the Daniel Fast that I did. Um, I didn't really eat much vegetables. Obviously, didn't eat meat or sugar or anything else. What I primarily ate for 14 days was salted peanuts. And I don't like peanuts. So what I pretty much did was lick salted peanuts for a fortnight, for Jesus. I found myself in my Connect leader's house with his brother at the time. Um, and he was like, you have to eat. You, you keep on just talking and dry reaching while you're talking. Like, you have to eat. And I was like, no, this is for Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus was like, no, it's not. Um, that's making me uncomfortable. Um, Stop talking to me. Um, No, just joking. Um, But you need to have some flexibility in your rule because the situation may change. Have you ever done that before? You've set a goal. or Maybe fasting is a good example of this. And then something comes up in your life and you're like, I will not bend. And then you're like in hospital, I did not bend. And then, so have a flexibility in your rule. I was flexible in that situation after 14 days. I lost 14 kilos in 14 days. Thank the Lord. Um, That was my worship. Um getting very sick. Um, But then I was like, okay, it's time to break this. So, of course, I broke it on something smart. Fruit loops. Um, (laughs) First and last time I think I've had fruit loops because I'm scarred. And then, obviously, everything that happened. That's great. So be flexible in what is happening. Know when to stand for something, but know when you're fighting for something that actually doesn't matter. And our last one is this this morning. It's the five-year rule. How will you feel about it in five years? If it won't matter in five years, don't have a sleepless night about it. <laughs> if your rule setting for this year won't matter, if this goal, if this thing, if it's not going to impact in five years' time after all the drama, all the noise is gone, focus on the right things. Focus on the things that matter. <laughs> Where's the goal? Where are you going to sit in a decade? Where has God graced you? That's not a... Get your imagination out. That's it with the Holy Spirit. He places these things in, and then when the noise happens, when everything goes on around you, you're just like, No. I got my eyes fixed on the end right now. My eye is fixed on the prize, it is fixed on the goal. I'm throwing off all of these things. That stuff matters. Whether I worship Jesus on my last day, it matters. whether I'm more in love with Him at the end of my journey, that matters. So be that person, the person that has these audacious goals, but it starts with, God, I just want to know you more at the end of the day. Man, if I fail the whole way, I just want to fail with you. I'm going to be stepping out of that boat with you every single step of the way. And when I get to the end, Trey magnifique, I spent my life with you, God. I spent every day hearing your voice and stepping out and learning my grace and moving forward. And I'm happy. I want to be so happy in five years' time for the decisions I made in my last four week season (laughs) of different situations where I was just like, God, what's going to matter to my kids? Who do I need to be? What What is my response right now? How does this actually matter? What doesn't matter? Let the emotion fade. Let the chaos fade. What matters here? What are you saying? What are you doing? I'm going to live my life based on those rules, and I'm no doubt going to continue to find myself in God's will. Suddenly find myself there. If you knew me 10 years ago, like I shared last week, one of the pastors from my childhood was like, we didn't think you were going to make it, Joel. Thank you. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I know that I'm going to be in His grace today. And if I keep on just walking with Him, I'll probably stumble upon... The end goal. Because the goal is with me right now. He's speaking right now. He's here to give me his grace and his guidance right now. So do I need a goal? Yeah, but I've got it already. I'm striving to keep on continuing it every single day and becoming more and more connected to the power of His resurrection. So this morning, I encourage us, we're going to stand up and we're just going to finish like we finished last week with worship. We're doing this thing across our church called revival culture. We've been focusing on some different things. And I just said that last week that I feel that these two weeks are just about the revival culture of worship, of lifting things up before God in the midst of our problems. I'll say it like I said it last week. In heaven, when there's no pain and no suffering and no tears, you will worship from a very different platform than you do right now. But in the midst of suffering and tears and unanswered prayers and broken dreams, and then you come before God, that is an offering that the angels can't give. In the unknown, that is an offering that the angels can't give. In the brokenhearted, that is an offering that the angels can't give. You won't give on that side of eternity, but you can offer it this morning, today. So we're going to actually sing. I want us to sing with two simple things, in, no, three simple things in mind. The first one is let's sing this over our region and our state and our nation. Let's be a voice for those that don't have a voice. Secondly, let's lift it up, knowing that God has something He wants to give to us to give out. And thirdly, let's sing for the actual reason, which is just to lift Jesus' name up. If nothing happens... It's all good because what we're doing is we're giving the offering. The offering is the worship. The offering is the goal. So we pray for us and then Natty's going to lead us. Let's just lift our hands if you're able or willing as a sign of surrender. Jesus, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are our magnificent prize and our magnificent goal. And to know you makes everything else seem like garbage. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that we just lift you up in this moment. We pray that as we send this across our state and our nation, that you do what only you can do and give us something to do, God. We don't want you to move without us. We want our hands dirty with the business of what you want to do in the earth. So we just exalt you and lift up your name. You are God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're on the throne. And thank you that we're seated with you in heavenly places. We just speak right now, Lord, the things that you've got for our city, the comfort that you've got for those of the mourning, the provision that you've got for those that are in lack, the generosity that is going to overflow, the things that you've got on the horizon for our city and for our state and our nation, and we just welcome them in. We pray for just open heaven. We pray that you empower your church to bring heaven to earth in all different situations. We thank you that you can make beautiful things out of dust, So we pray, God, that you descend. I pray in our hearts this morning, God, that you help us to see the things in heaven that we're called to bring. May we be people that go before you, Jesus, just like John the Baptist, and usher in your presence, usher in your miracles, usher in your ways. May we be a voice, a great voice for heaven, a great voice for hope, a great voice of what you are going to do and how you're going to move. May we not be so caught up in everyone else's voices and forget our call to be ambassadors from heaven on earth. We're just going to finish with one one more song, singing hallelujah, which means may God be praised. And it's important for us to just put a stake in the ground again and be like, we praise God, a good God, a faithful God in the midst of everything, in the midst of enemies and storms, do we choose to raise a hallelujah and praise Him? So why don't we lift our voices over our nation together? God, we thank you for the honour it is to know you. We pray through these moments. We not just treat natural problems with natural solutions, but we pray for God opportunities to bring people life. We pray for opportunities for miraculous healings and miraculous restoration and miraculous protection, and miraculous peace. We've heard so many testimonies of people across our state, even atheists praying. We pray that as the church, we would respond with the answer to the problem. And what we have is is not just limited to clothes and not just limited to water, but we have something that will give peace in the soul. So may we, as we move out and we help people with physical needs, may we not neglect the spiritual opportunity in front of us The honour it is to be a part of your church, your hands and feet from heaven to earth. Give us your grace, give us your mercy and give us something to do. (laughs) May you burden our heart with some rules, some things we're called to live by in this season and beyond. So we lift you up, we exalt you and we pray for rain. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen, church. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you. Stay safe. Stay connected with people. Let's keep on reaching out. We are a well. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.